Thank you for checking out the City Church Podcast today. If this is your first time listening in with us, we want you to know you are loved. Wherever you are joining us from, we hope that this message encourages you. So this morning we were pretty quiet, and I I know it was a little serious and we were quiet this morning, but I've heard you girls singing, and I've heard you chattering out there, and I know you've got voices. So this afternoon we're going to be a little bit more vocal. Is that okay? And I come from the kind of church growing up, and maybe some of you did too, where when someone says something you like, you go, amen. Right? So I just want to lay it out there that this session, I want to hear the amens, because we're going to go, okay? We were quiet, we were still, we needed to get something from God, but now we're going to run with it, all right? And I need you to understand something. We're going to jump off right where we were in the first session. We were talking about God's love. And we read the scripture that was a prayer over our lives that said that we wanted to be rooted and established in love, that love would be the place where we come from, that we are filled to the measure that God wanted to fill us with. And when he fills us with his love, what happens next is it starts to overflow. And love was never meant to be contained. And even though your heart has been crying out for the love of God, it was not meant to be given just to you, and it was not meant to be contained once you have it. It is meant to flow through you. I said this this morning, you are a conduit of God's love to the world around you. The only way that the world knows that God loves them now is if we tell them. Jesus was here. He did his work He died, and he's seated at the right hand of the Father, and he gave the keys of his kingdom to you and to me. And he said, you go do it. And he said, greater things than I did, you're going to do, because I'm sending you the Holy Spirit to work with you. And because there's so many of you, there was only one of me. I was Jesus, but there's only one of me. (laughs) There's going to be so many of you that you are going to be a force against the powers of darkness. And when women learn that they are loved by their daddy, and they walk out into the world and they can say, I got a daddy who loves me, and I don't care what you say about me, he's got my back and I'm rooted, and I'm grounded in his love. And so when I come in the room, I don't need to look for someone to give me approval. I don't need to look for someone to love me. I don't need a man to love me, as lovely as that is, and I've got a lovely husband. I don't need that because I have God's love. I don't need a friend to tell me that I'm a good person. I don't need someone to care for me. And you know what? This is coming from the wallflower who used to stand in the corner with her drink and and just watch. I'm up here today because God's love compels me and because I need to tell about the things that he's done in my life and the love that he's poured into me. I'm compelled. And so you can walk in the room. It doesn't matter if you're shy. It doesn't matter if you're an introvert. It doesn't matter what your personality is like. You can bring love with you when you come in the room. You don't have to wait for someone else to pour it into you. You don't have to wait for someone to accept you. You don't have to wait for someone to like you. You don't have to people please to get people on your side. No, you are loved by your daddy. And he told you so. And he's poured his love into you for a purpose. Any of you listen to Christine Kane at all? I love Christine Kane. 
She's amazing. She's got a story about her little girl when she was five. She went into kindergarten, and for those first five years of her life at home, her daddy told her, you are beautiful, and you are loved, and you are special. And she walked into her kindergarten class, and a little boy said, you're ugly, and you're dumb. And she got her back up, and she said, no, I'm not. My daddy says I'm beautiful and I'm smart. And she just gave him some sass. So I feel like we need to be daughters like that. We need to know who we are. And we need to know who loves us. And we need to know that his love empowers us to live a different kind of life. And when his love starts to transform us from the inside out, you won't be able to contain it, girl. You will not. It's just going to start spilling out on everybody around you. And, you know, they're going to say, there's something different about her. There's something different about her. When she comes in the room, everything changes. That's the kind of woman that God wants you to be. That is the kind of woman who is a dangerous and powerful force against the kingdom of darkness bringing light and love into every room that she walks into. Amen? Amen. 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 You are the daughter of a king. You are crowned with love. That's what we've been talking about today. It's a powerful, it's an unshakable love. And once you know who you are, you can begin to walk in the purpose that God has called you to. And I want to tell you this. Every single woman in this room, you have a purpose. And you are not meant to spend your whole life trying to find it. If you go online and start Googling, it doesn't take you long to find out that there are thousands of people out there who would like to give you 10 ways to find your purpose. Well, you are in the right place today because I'm going to give you one way to find your purpose, and that is in the love of Christ. I'm going to read a couple of scriptures to you. John chapter 13 Verse 34 and 35 says, A new commandment I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, we talked about that all morning, as I loved you, so also you must love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. By this, all men will know, not Christians, not your pastor, not your best friend. All men will know that you're my disciples if you love one another. Why? Because love, unconditional love, pure love, is so unconventional. People do not expect you to love them. And when you do, it begins to transform them. Because we can't be affected by love. We can't have love ooze on us and not be changed by it. Love is going to transform you from the inside out, and it's going to begin to transform the people around you. They will know that you belong to God and that you are his and you are loved when we begin to show that love to one another. But that gets a little more tricky, doesn't it? Because it's easy to sit in church and say, yes, Jesus, I love you. It's a lot harder when you get in the car with that person that you carpool to work with on Monday morning, isn't it? It's a lot harder when you get to your cubicle and the lady beside you swears all day long. Right? This is real life. So how do we take what God has given us and carry it out into the world with us? That's what we're going to talk about today. 1 John 3, 18 says, Let us not love 
with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. Love requires action. Just like we learned this morning that because God so loved, he stepped out in action. Because we are loved, we are required to step out and put it into action. And this isn't another thing to check off on your to-do list of self-discipline like we were talking about earlier today. This is something that honestly, ladies, when you get a hold of how much God loves you, you will not be able to contain it. And it will not be hard to show love to other people. It will begin to ooze out of you everywhere you go. And we're not supposed to love just with words and speech. I said this this morning as well, but it's easy to say, I love you. It's a lot harder to put it into action. So what does that mean when you go into work and there's that crusty person who sits beside you? What does that mean? Does it mean you smile? You tell her, what? Hey, it's going to be okay. God's got it, right? You just start to, to be the light. And one day, one day, she will turn to you and be like, how are you so happy all the time? And you will have a chance to speak into her life. And you'll have a chance to tell her about how love transformed you. And maybe you'll say, I used to be the crusty lady, but God got a hold of my life and he transformed me from the inside out. And I'm not like that anymore. And this is why, because I'm loved by an awesome God and he's my daddy and he loves me. And you'll be able to share your faith with other people. Love requires action. 2 Corinthians 5 and 14 says that Christ's love compels us. We said this this morning as well, that God was compelled to send Jesus, and Jesus was compelled to bring love to us. But we, by Christ's love, are compelled to bring his love to the world around us. We're compelled. This is exactly what happened to the woman at the well. We kind of cut off in the middle of her story while she was talking to Jesus. But the story goes on, and it says she ran into town. Do you remember we said that she came out to the well at noon because she probably didn't want to run into anybody and didn't want to talk to anybody? But when love came into her life and transformed her heart, the first thing she did was run into town and tell everyone she knew about the love she had encountered at the well that day. My story's the same. When I was 19 years old and I stood in a church and a woman told me that I was valuable to God, I got down on my knees at an altar just like this and I said, God, I haven't done a lot of good things with my life, but if you could take what I have done and use it for someone's good, I give it to you. And that day he gave me a dream. I was 19 years old and he gave me a dream that I would be doing this very thing that I'm doing today, standing on stages and talking to women and sharing my story. And it didn't happen overnight. And it didn't happen very quickly. It's been 26 years. 20, yeah, something like that. I'm not good at math. But it's been a while. 
but I have just been faithful and obedient. I've never said no to an opportunity to speak. I've spoke to five people. I've spoke to one person. I've gone everywhere God has asked me to go, and I've been faithful to the call that he put on my life. And today I can stand here and say that if you are faithful, if you are obedient, if you follow, if you step out in faith and boldness and declare that I will not be pushed down and I will not be afraid and I will not live my life in doubt about what I can do or what my God can do, but I'm going to step out and do what he puts on my heart and do what he calls me to do, then you can do it. And you know what? I have to be really, really, really honest because God is always stretching us. God's always stretching us to do something new. And I've been praying a prayer in my life for boldness. And a friend of mine was sharing with me about her brother. And he's just this guy that everywhere he goes every day, he says, okay, God, who are we going to help today? Who are we going to bless today? And every time he's in a coffee shop or uh, takes his car in to be fixed or whatever, he's witnessing to people all over the place and bringing the love of God wherever he goes because he said he was willing and he takes it with him. So I said, God, I want that. Be really careful what you ask God for. Be really careful. Last week, I, I kept saying, God, why isn't it happening to me? I go to the coffee shop. You don't say anything to me. I leave. You don't say anything to me. <laughs> Last week, I was in a home sense store, just looking at the paintings, minding my own business. And I turned, and I started to walk by the aisle, and I saw a woman. And she was covered in something. It looked like hives, just covered. And she was standing. She was kind of scratching the back of her neck like this. And I thought, oh, that looks awful. And I kept on walking. And as no sooner did I say that and got past the aisle like this as I heard God say, you've got something she needs. And for a moment, I went to turn around and go back to her, and I have to be honest and say fear got a hold of my heart. And I thought, what will she think? I'm in the home sense store. We're looking at paintings. This is crazy. She's not going to believe what I say. And I allowed those thoughts to enter my mind. And I ended up leaving the store and sitting in my car and crying and I never saw her again. And I did not do what God asked me to do. And I'm being honest with you because I believe this is how it starts. This has happened to me before. When I was a young woman, I was sitting in a church service just like this. And just in case you want to know, I am nowhere near what my note says. I'm just going this afternoon. So I was sitting in a service, and there was an altar call, just like we did this morning, a salvation call. And the pastor said, look at the person next to you and see if they need to come up for prayer. And I looked down my aisle, and I saw a girl there. She had a hoodie and a backpack on. She looked like she didn't want anybody to bother her. So I was like, no, God, we're all good. And the pastor said it again, and it was like he looked right at me, and he said, ask the person next to you if they want to go down to the front. No, we're all good. Not two seconds later, a girl almost pushed me out of the way, jumped over the chairs, ran down the aisle, and got that girl and took her up, and she got saved that day. And I went to my car, and I was like, oh, you were talking to me, <laughs> right? Like, I can be a little dense sometimes. That's what that feels like, because I'd been asking God to speak to me. I was very young. I was still in Bible school when this happened. And 
I, I, I remember sitting in my car crying, not dancing. God, please continue to speak to me. Don't let that be the last time. I promise I'll never say no again until last week. Because every time I said yes, it was something I was used to. And it was something I was familiar with. But last week, he asked me to do something that was outside of my comfort zone. He asked me to go somewhere I'd never gone before. He asked me to do something I'd never done before. And I was afraid. So I've been praying, God, do not let that be the last time you ask me to speak to a woman in a home sense store. Do it again. And I will listen because I've learned my lesson. So I'm here to tell you today, you may feel like you've messed up. You may feel like you've missed God's call. You may feel like you stepped out of the anointing. You may feel like you didn't do what you were supposed to do. But God loves you. And his love is unfailing and unconditional. And all you got to do is get back up on your feet and keep walking. We all fail. We all fall down. We all make mistakes. We all get it wrong sometimes. But you know what God taught me that first time when that woman almost knocked me over and ran down and got that girl who needed to get saved? He taught me that even though I mess up, his love for that girl was greater. Her moment still happened. So I'm believing someone found that woman in that home sense store because I was disobedient. God will raise up someone else who is obedient. But I will not let someone else take my place. I refuse to be the kind of person who is held down by doubt and fear and allow someone else to get the blessing that I'm supposed to get in my life. And so, yes, I have failed. We all have. But God wants to pick us back up and put us on our feet and head us off in the right direction again so we can be stompers on the kingdom of darkness, that we can take back victories for the kingdom of light. Is that all right? Are you guys good with that today? Let's see what my notes say. I'm just going to go back to this for a sec. Oh, yes. Love was never meant to be contained. When you are filled with love, you've got something that people need. As I walked out of that store today and that day and I sat in my car, God brought back this scripture to my mind. When, when uh, Peter and John in Acts 4 go before the council and they stand before the council and they give account for what they had been doing because the council was upset. They were, they were getting a little too excited about their faith. And so they put them there. And they could have put them in prison, but they released them. Do you, do you all remember this story? And Peter and John go back to the church, the new believers, and they prayed the very first prayer of the early church. And we're going to get to that in a second because we're going to pray it together. Actually, what I wanted to say was this. When Peter and John... We're walking to the temple. There was a lame man. Do you remember this story? <laughs> and he said, he was asking for money. He was begging. And they said, silver and gold, I don't have. But what I have, I give to you. There's something you have that people need. There's something you have that God wants to use. Do you know that you have a purpose that is so unique? Your story, your angle, the way that you found God's love, the way that love transformed you, it is your unique gift to God to share that with the world. Somebody needs to hear it. Not everybody needs to hear it the way that I say it. It, it will hit some people, but it's not going to affect everybody. 
Somebody needs to hear your story. And that is your purpose, to bring what God has gifted you with and talent, given you talents and abilities and certain things that are only about you, your experiences, all those things work together to make you a unique expression of his love to this world. He needs you. He needs you to be on board. He needs you to be listening to his voice. He needs you to be ready and willing to do whatever he asks you to do. This is not a passive faith that we are a part of. This is an aggressive kingdom. It's taking ground. It's moving forward and advancing. We are part of an army. Do you know that? We are advancing a kingdom of light that is dominating over a kingdom of darkness. And when you look around in the world today, it looks like darkness is winning, doesn't it? It looks like darkness is having its day. The kingdom of God will prevail. Jesus, when he sat at the right hand of the Father, he was done. On the cross, he said, it is finished in my blood. The victory has already been won. We just have to learn how to walk in it. I want to read this scripture to you, 2 Corinthians 5. We're going to read verses 18 through 20. We're jumping in sort of in the in mid-paragraph. So it says, all this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us, gave us, that's you and me, the ministry of reconciliation. Now that's a big word. Let me just pause there for a sec. When God poured his love into your life and came for you, he reconciled you to God. He fixed the relationship between you and God. He put you back in that proper relationship and right standing before the God Almighty. That's what reconciliation is. And it says he has given to us now, who have been reconciled, the ministry to bring others and have them reconciled to God. That's the ministry he has given to us. This is our purpose. God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting men's trespasses against them. And he has committed to us, committed into our care, the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God were making his appeal through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. I love this, that it says God is making his appeal through you. Through you. He is using your life to appeal to the rest of the world. That's the only way that they're going to find Jesus is through someone who's carrying his love and his presence with them. We are his ambassadors in this world. We are making the appeal on his behalf. Your life is appealing to someone who doesn't have what you have. He's making his appeal through you. So I want to give you a, a quick story of how this happens really, really practically in real life. I love my hairdresser. I've 
tried to break up with her a few times over the years. I don't know if you ladies have ever had that, and then you keep going back, and then you feel bad because you went to someone else, and you know, all that stuff. But I've been going basically to the same girl since my daughter was born, so 20 years. And I love her, we're good friends. And she's a Christian. And sometimes she locks up her shop and we have these great conversations at the, into the night while she's doing my hair. And, um, you know, we've just had really great times together and I really love her. But my love for this girl went through the roof when I was there a couple of months ago. And I'm sitting in the back with my color on. You know, the foils are everywhere and you look so pretty in that, that moment. And I'm sitting there and there's a girl beside me and she's starting to get her hair done. And she had a very, very thick French accent. She didn't speak English well at all. And through her broken English, she started to tell about how much she loved coming to my girlfriend's shop. And she said, I try to tell my friends and I can't, I, I just don't know how to explain it. She said, but when I go into other shops, there's they're talking about this person, and it just doesn't feel good, she said. But when I come in here, and literally tears started to roll down her cheeks, and she said, when I come in here, I feel loved. I feel it when I come in. And I was so moved by that, I started crying. I'm like, I know, right? Like, we're having this moment, her and I, in the shop, because my friend comes to work and believes that she has been called to do people's hair. That's what God has gifted her to do. It's her talent. But now that she's saved, she does it for the glory of God. And so her shop is a peaceful shop. You never hear any chatter. You never hear any back talk. You never hear any gossip. It's not that kind of a place. And she loves on praise over and loves on every woman who comes through her shop. And they don't even know why they keep coming back, but they're building a relationship with her. And one day she's going to have the opportunity to explain to them why they love coming to her shop so much. And I whispered in her ear as I left that day, and I said, you know that it's the presence of God they feel in your shop. And she smiled and she said, I know. That's, that is all it is. Wherever you're stationed, wherever you work, wherever you go, if you're at home with your kids, whatever it is your life looks like and what you do, you have a sphere of influence of people around you who need to know about the hope and the message of love that God has put into your life and that he's transformed you and changed you and your story of faith is being written by Jesus. They need to hear it. They need to know the difference. And so what, is this, what does this look like for you? What does this look like for you? Maybe, just maybe, God has called you to do something really, really spectacular. And in order to do something really, really spectacular, you're going to have to be really really brave. Good things never came from comfort zones. Like I shared with you earlier, when I was a timid and shy little girl, and I knew God had put a call on my life to speak to people, I didn't, I was like, -uh, I think you got it wrong. 
but he's worked in my life over the years and he's changed me and transformed me from the inside out so that I can walk in all that he's called me to do. And like I said, I don't always get it right. I'm not perfect. I mess up and I fail. But the only difference is that I get up and I keep on walking because there is serious business to be done for the kingdom of God. And we don't have time to wallow in self-pity. We don't have time to doubt ourselves or to doubt God's power or his strength in our lives. We don't have time for that. We don't have time to fear the future. We don't have time to fear what other people will think. We need to stand up and be people who will say, give me boldness. That's what the early church prayed. I'm going to ask them to put the scripture up. This was the, the last one I threw in at the last minute there, guys. Acts 4:29. This is a prayer. This was the very first corporate prayer of the early church when Peter and John left the council that day. They had been threatened to be put in prison. When they went back to the church, what, what would we have done? We probably would have hid them. We would have been like, you know, this movement isn't going to go anywhere if anything happens to you. Let's hide these guys. We'll put them under FBI protection or something, right? No. They lifted up their voices and they said, give us more boldness to proclaim your word. Give us more boldness. This is exactly what they prayed. Enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Enable your servants to speak your word. Do you want to be able to speak God's word in the areas of influence you have in your work, in your school, wherever it is that you go every day? Do you want to be bold enough to speak about the things that God has done? If you do, I want you to stand up on your feet right now because we are going to pray this prayer together and we are going to ask God for the boldness that it takes to do what he has called us to do. You know, some of you here today, God has put something on your heart. And Brooke, you can come if you want to. God has put something on your heart already that you know you are called to do. You know what your gifts are. You know what your talents and abilities are. You know where God is going to use you. Some of you don't. And we're going to pray about that in just a moment, but some of you do. Some of you know exactly how God is going to use you. Some of you drive past a young mom on your block every single week, and you think, I should talk to her. Some of you go into work every day and have someone who sits across from you at the lunch table and you know that there's opportunity for conversation and you've never started it. Some of you, you've got a, a, an idea for a life group or a prayer group or something burning in your heart and you know somebody should do something about that. If you've ever caught yourself saying somebody should do something about that, you're probably the one who should do something about that. Just saying. Some of you have ideas for things that could transform your communities. You see needs that you know you can meet. You see ways to meet them. Some of you, God has given you business sense or accounting abilities or things that you can use to see the kingdom of God advanced. 
Some of you just aren't sure how exactly you use your gifts in the kingdom, but I'm telling you, there is a way. And if you ask God today to give you boldness to speak his words, he'll give you the opportunities to do it. Just like I said that I prayed to God for boldness, I brought this up in a life group a couple of years ago, and I have been praying this prayer for three years, and God finally led me to someone, and I said no. I will never say no again. Now, Lord, I want you to read it with me out loud. I know you can do it because I heard you at lunch. You guys can chatter. Let's read it together. And now, oh, Lord, hear their threats and give us, your servants, great boldness in preaching your word. Stretch out your hand with healing power. May miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Give us boldness, God. Give us boldness, God, to speak your word. And God, when you tell us to put our hands on someone and tell them they can be healed, would you give us boldness? God, I pray right now for every woman in this place who has something burning on her heart that you have put there and gifted her and given her the resources to do. God, I pray that you would just give her the boldness right now to step out and do what you've called her to do. And for every woman who is here who isn't sure what you've called her to do, God, I pray as we sing this song and in this moment that you would just pour something into our hearts that you have called us to. Would you, would you just pour into us, download to us your purpose. Show us what it is you want us to do. And God, give us the boldness to say, yes, I'll do it. Yes, I'll do it. As Brooke sings this song, come to the altar. I just want to invite you. I just feel like inviting people to say, if you want to come down to this space, this is what we call the altar, this space. There's nothing special about it. It's, it's not holy, but coming out of your seat is an act of faith to say, God, I'm stepping out. I want everything you have for me. So I'm going to get up and I'm going to step out of the place I'm in and I'm going to take a few steps forward because I know you're calling me. And I know you've put something in my heart. It's burning there. And I just want to know more. And I want to know that it's you. And I believe that as you step out and you come down to this altar, whether you know what it is you're supposed to do or you don't know, God is going to download new ideas and fresh inspiration to you right now in the name of Jesus. So as we sing this song, if you feel like stepping out, if you feel like kneeling before God, whatever it is you want to do, just feel free to come and do it. No one's going to bother you or pray for you right now. You can just spend some time before God, and we'll direct you again after this song. Thank you for your support. If you want to connect with us, you can find us online at thecitychurch.ca.